This was my dream. I dreamed that I awoke, and then I saw myself start. <clears throat> my eyes opened, and I dreamed that I saw. What awakened me? I asked in my dream. You awaken yourself, answered a voice nearby. I turned about, but no one was near. Who are you? I asked. I am that something, came the reply. But where are you? I am hidden in your soul. For some moments I thought over what was said. Then I stammered, how, how did you get there? I was born there. Why have I not known you were there before? No man knows it, answered the voice, until he awakes. Are you in other men's souls as well? There is that something in every man's soul, which can move the mountains or dry the seas. Then you must be faith. Yes, came the answer. I am faith, but I am more. I am that which makes men face the fires of hell and win. Then you must be confidence as well. Yes, I am more than confidence. I am that which makes the babbling brooks lift worlds upon their wavelets. You are power, I cried. Yes, I am more than power, answered the voice. I am that which makes the wretched failure lift himself up to rule the world. You are ambition. I know you now. Yes, I am all that you say. Faith, confidence, power, ambition, and more. For greater than all this is that something. <clears throat> I am that which every man must find in his soul, or else he will be but a clutterer of the earth on which he lives. But how can man find you? Even as you're finding me now, first you must awaken, then seek, and then when you're found, you must learn to control. Control what, I asked, confused. That's something. Borrow it from your soul and baptize your life with it. Anoint your eyes that you may see. Anoint your ears that you may hear. Anoint your heart that you may be. But tell me, I cried frantically, for the voice was trailing off to almost nothing. How can I do this? How? How? This is the secret, came the voice <clears throat> to me as a whisper of a gentle breeze. These words, I will. And I ask you, guys, pediatric diagnosis, I ask you, what will you do? What is your that something, right? I, I, I think it's so important to understand this concept. And I'm going to explain to you how I found my that something myself. So um, when I first graduated life in 1989, I had over $200,000 in debt, just like you. You're probably going to have more, but I had crazy amounts of debt. And I was so afraid because my entire life, I had not really made much money. I, I worked in a, a supermarket. I, I delivered newspapers when kids were allowed to deliver newspapers. I did all that kind of stuff. So, and my parents were very, very modest means. So I didn't know about making money. So when I saw how much money I owed, um, I was scared. So the first thing I did, my first thought in the early years of my practice was not about chiropractic, not about necessarily the people, but about how do I pay this thing off as quick as I can. And it's certainly not a bad thing to think about money, and it's not a bad thing to 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 make money. So I'm not saying that at all. <clears throat> what I'm saying, though, is the focus, right? My focus was not on the people. My focus was not on service. My focus was on how do I pay this giant debt off? <clears throat> and I went to DE. I saw Dr. Sid Williams. Uh, he was an amazing, amazing man in July 1993. And I remember he said something during that DE that completely changed everything that I thought of. And the thing he said, and I wrote it down just to make sure I got it right, is I care so much that I don't care at all. I care so much that I don't care at all. I was so consumed with paying off the debt 
of that student loan. I was so crazed about that, that everything I did, everything I thought about was how do I just pay this thing off? <clears throat> and that is really not the best focus in the world is to be focusing on money, right? It's not, like I said, it's not bad to think about money. It's not bad to, to make money, make, make lots of money. What's bad is if that's your prime focus. I cared so much about the money that that's all I thought about. And that showed, and it showed, and I'm telling you, and you may not realize this, but how you adjust someone, like the, what's in your brain when you're adjusting someone goes through your hands. What's in your brain, what's in your head goes through your hands. So I really want you to get that because when you're, well, I know you're not doing a whole lot of adjusting right now, but <clears throat> Uh, when, when you do start adjusting again, you're going to realize that you can't be thinking about the weather. You can't be thinking about your relationship. You can't be thinking about money. You can't be thinking about the boards or the OSCEs or whatever coming up. You can't be thinking about that stuff when you're on the patient. The patient needs 100% of you, right? It's called present time consciousness or PTC, present time consciousness. Are you focused on that person? Because I'm telling you, and I'm telling you that I'm telling you that they feel it. I'm telling you. When you put your hands on someone and you are thinking about how am I going to pay off that student loan, they are thinking, they are feeling, this adjustment just feels mechanical to me. This adjustment, he doesn't feel connected to me. I'm telling you that's what they're thinking. It's not an, an imaginative thing. Here's how I know for sure. Because around the same time that I went to this DE the first time, I started, um, well, first off, my practice exploded um, from like a, an okay practice to a giant practice. That's the first thing that happened after going to that DE. Um, but the second thing was that uh, patients from this other chiropractor, who is, this was when I was in New Jersey, um, from this other chiropractor were coming to see me. And they said, everything this guy talks about is about his new Mercedes. He gets a new Mercedes every single year. And that's all he talked about. And he would say, did you see my new Mercedes? Do you like my, do you like the color of it? It's got this new kind of leather in it and this and that. And he was, that's all he talked about. Like that was his, his like conversation with people and people hated that. And they said, I felt that love of his Mercedes and his love for things like that, for stuff. I felt that in his touch, right? So here's the thing I'm going to, I want you to think about John F. Kennedy, the amazing president who unfortunately was assassinated in 1963. He had a great saying, which you may or may not have heard of. Uh, and his saying is, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country, right? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I'm going to change that a little bit to a chiropractic saying. Ask not what chiropractic can do for you. Ask what you can do for chiropractic. Ask for what you can do for your patients, right? Ask for what you can do for the profession at large, right? How are you looking like how when, when you are someone's talking to you, Right. Remember, they're talking to you. And if they know you're a chiropractor, or a chiropractic student, when they know you're a chiropractor, or a chiropractic student, they are judging chiropractic based upon you. Right. And, and maybe that's not right. And maybe it's not fair, but it's just the way it is. Right. That's just how human nature is, is even though I am not chiropractic, they're going to judge chiropractic based upon me and my behavior. Right. How do you want them to leave that conversation? Right. Because if they leave the conversation saying, this person thinks about money. You know what they think about? They're also going to think about all chiropractors think about money, right? They put everything together, right? So ask not what chiropractor can do for you. Ask what you can do for chiropractic. What can you do for chiropractic? What can you do for your patients? What is that something that you have 
right? What is that? I'm going to circle it. Fun thing. Circle. That something. What is that something that you have, right? How are you going to apply these two words? I will. I will do what, right? And you're, and you, a lot of people say, I'm just a student, right? I'm just one person. I'm just a chiropractor. No, that word just should not be in your vocabulary. Just has nothing to do with it, right? You can make a giant difference, right, in your community, with your friends, with your family. I was just reading um, about, and we'll talk a little bit more about kids and COVID uh, in a moment, but I was just reading um, an article from New Jersey um, and where I used to practice. Uh, I practiced there for 12 years before I came down here in 2001. Um, so what the article talked about was how kids are making such a big difference, right? There was two different kids that the governor of New Jersey um, rec- like gave highest recommendations for. Uh, one was like, a, I think, a 12-year-old. One was like a 9-year-old. And both of them did something like this. Um, the one kid for his birthday, he said, I don't want any gifts. What I want is I want you to guys to give food to the homeless people right now. Uh, and I can't remember what the other one did, but doesn't that amazing? So the governor was like, wow, like what an incredible kid, right? And that is what I mean by making a difference. You don't have to be a Mahatma Gandhi and like change a whole country, right? Oh, that'd be lovely, right? Not everybody's going to be D.D. Palmer and discover chiropractic. That's just, we're not talking about that, right? What we're talking about is what can you do to make a difference, right? What, what do you have that is that something? What do you have that makes you get up in the morning at seven in the morning or earlier if you're in a different time zone to, to listen to this stuff, right? What is making you say, I will do this, right? And here's what I want you to think about. I've been thinking about this a lot. How is this pandemic going to change your life, right? And in, in positive ways, how is this going to change things in positive ways? You know, there's something to be said about walking, you know, from my, you know, one part of my house to the other part of my house. There's something to be said about it. It's pouring outside, you know, and I could, I didn't have to go outside, right? That's amazing. I was able to, normally on, on Thursday mornings, I don't have time to work out. I was able to work out this morning before, you know, doing this class because I had the time. I, I I'm going to, my office, I, I, we're doing, I showed you last week what was going on in my office. My waiting room is, yeah, my parking lot, et cetera. We're trying to come up now with what are we going to do in the office after this is over? We're going to, we're actually sending out a survey to our patients saying, what would you like to see continue? All the changes that we've made here, what would you like to see continue? We are, Lisa and I have been talking. This has been really cool. We're spending a lot of time, a lot more time than usual, right? Usually I'd hardly see her from Monday through Friday. Now I'm seeing her every Tuesday and Thursday, right? Every time I'm in between classes, I go downstairs and, and I, you know, say hi to her and we talk and stuff. It's amazing, right? We didn't have that opportunity before. I kind of like that. There's some, there's some good things. What can we do to carry this on, right? Right? Uh, we're driving a lot less. Like I, I haven't filled up my tank of gas in like weeks. Places around the world, like the Himalayas, near the Himalayas. I don't know if you saw this. Check this out. Google it. The, some of the, the cities near the Himalayas have not seen the Himalayas in 30 or 40 years. And now because so much, so many people less are driving, they can actually see the Himalayas from, you know, their, from their town where it's been obscured because of pollution for years and years. And now they can see the Himalayas. You know, that's amazing. What can we do? What, what positive things can we take from this crazy, sad pandemic? What crazy, you know, I know this has been a nutty thing, but what things can we do in our lives that 
can say, I'm going to change because of this. I'm going to change for the positive because of this. What are you going to do when, if I say to you, ask not what chiropractic can do for you, ask what you can do for chiropractic. What's going to be your answer for that? What's going to be your answer for how will this change you for the better? What's going to be your thought process when I say to you, I want you to care so much that you don't care at all, right? I cared. What happened in July 1993 when Dr. Sid was talking was I began the idea of I care so much about chiropractic that I'm going to become detached, right? I'm going to become detached from paying off these student loans. I know they'll get paid off eventually, and they did in 10 years, right? It didn't take 30 years. It took 10 years, right? But I I became detached from that. I became detached from the money part. I became detached from all these different things. You know what I became detached from? Is whether or not patients got better. I can't make them better, right? Your adjustments will not necessarily make them better. Your adjustments will reconnect them. That's the only thing we can do is remove subluxation. That's the key thing, right? So I cared so much about my patients now that it's not that I don't care at all about them. I care so much that I don't care at all. Like I'm living sort of in this blissful state of detachment, right? And they love that, right? And they know that. And they feel that. I was uh, examining a new patient, actually a new patient family uh, yesterday. Um, Brown brought her three kids in. and we'll bring two more of her kids on Friday. And these kids, oh my God, these kids are the most beautiful kids. And one of the boys who has all kinds of ASD sort of issues and stuff, verbal, totally high, high functioning, but and verbal. At the end of the, the exam, he came up and he hugged me, right? He hugged me because that's the connection with me. And I, I had mask and gloves on, but he still hugged me because it was the connection I made. Like I was still tickling him and still playing with him. And the mask and the gloves and all that stuff, it made no difference, right? Because I care so much about him that I don't care at all, like what it looks like for me to be silly with a little boy who just is afraid, right? Because he said to me, or the first thing he said to me is, um, I don't like any pokey things, right? No pokey things. Are you going to do any pokey things? And I promised him there was no pokey things, right? I took out the reflex hammer because I was used for print reflexes. And he's like... That's a pokey thing. No, no, I'm not going to use it as a pokey thing. And I showed him how I'm going to use it to slide it on like this. I showed him on his mom, on his big sister, right, on me. He didn't want any pokey things. And he was so grateful that I didn't do any pokey things that at the end of our exam yesterday, he gave me a hug, right? Isn't like, there's nothing better. There's nothing better, right? That's that something. Right? Do you think I reached him, right? Do you think I connected with him? Do you think I connected with the mom that, that when if the mom sees, you know, this boy hug a stranger, essentially because I'm a stranger, right? Isn't that, that something, right? And that's what I want you to think about. I want you really to think about, um, like, when are you going to get that something, right? Don't say, I have to wait till I graduate. Don't say, it, there's no time than right now, right? The time is this sort of figment of our imagination. Make it happen now. What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to bring home from all this? Right. From all this stuff that happened. What are you going to bring home? What are you going to change in your life? What are you going to permanently change? What are you going to keep the same? Right. I, I know we'll probably have, we'll have to go back to, to you know, classrooms so, soon and we're going to have to go back to normal life and you know, more normal. But there's things we can keep from all this kind of stuff. What are those things? Right. How are you going to change your life? How are you going to change your practice? How are you going to change what you do by all this kind of stuff? How can you change? How can your life change from the better? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about, like, how many of you guys are reading green books? 
right? You got four free green books on our Blackboard site. How many of you guys are reading green books? If you're not, start, right? I don't have time. Yes, you do. Carve out the time. Five minutes less of Facebook and five minutes more of green books. It'll make a difference, right? It'll make a difference. I want you to think, how will I this change me for the better? What can I do? What can I take from this to make it better?